0: today, I'm going to be talking about when life is hard. When life is hard. Uh, A lot of people get, get misunderstood when they become a child of God. They think from here on out, everything's going to be peaches and cream. Well, it ain't going to always be peaches and cream. You're going to have a few persimmons every now and then. Amen? And uh, I've been told by people since we've been right here and we ain't been here that long. I've been told by people since we've been right here that they've been, they said, Brother Sammy, I'm going to be honest with you. They said, I've had to go through so much junk in the last seven to ten days. The thought crossed my mind not to never come back to church again. And That's exactly what the devil wants you to do. Because when you make that choice, you've already blown a hole in the body of your boat and you're sinking going down. You ain't coming up. So it seemed like the Lord has dealt with me that I need to deal a little bit on when life is hard. Because life is not going to always be easy. And you're going to lie to me if you tell me it was always easy when you was out in the world. The problem but out there, when it, when, it, when it got rough out there, you just shot up, doped up, or drunk up and forgot about it. But when you got over your hangover, your problems were still there. Hello? And you just made them worse. Hallelujah. Life is hard, whether you're on the inside or on the outside. The biggest difference is when you're on the inside you got somebody gonna help you. When you're out there, you're alone, honey. Don't call on God. If you ain't been living for him, he, he hey He takes care of his regular customers. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. I like it when I go to rest restaurant and sit down and I don't have to wait on the waiter to tell me what I want to drink. I've been there enough that go automatically bring me an unsweet tea and sit it right down there. You know why they do that? They like to take care of the regular customers. They know they're going to get a good tip. But God takes care of his regular customers too. Hello, somebody. Amen. If anybody knows anything about child custody, when you've got divorce situations and, and all that, well, let me tell you something. Jesus, He wants full-time custody of your life, not just weekend visits. Hello? Amen. He wants full-time custody. Well, let's get into the message. When life is hard. We're going to 1 Peter. Brother Travis got on my message a little bit. Again, 1 Peter chapter 1, we're going to read verses 3 through through verse 7. It said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith and the salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season. Everybody say for a season. If need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, notice that phrase, the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold, that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 7. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you, God, for intervening in this service. We thank you for what we have felt. And now, Lord, there are some people in this assembly that you want to talk to. There's some people that's been struggling. There's some people that's fought some hard battles. There's some people that's going through some hardships in life that you want to help today. And so you've anointed your servant with the word that if they listen and heed, will be the help they need. Everything's accomplished. We'll give you the praise in Jesus' name that the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. when life is hard. Part one of this series, I've entitled Understanding Trials. Understanding Trials. I know that there's a lot of folks who don't understand the trials of life. Because if you did, every time everything exploded in your life, you wouldn't be having those thoughts. Well, I th- wh- what's the use of me even going to church anyway? I think I just, just quit. God says we need to understand this situation called trials. Uh, you may recognize the name. He's a well-known in religious fields about different poles. George Barner. He conducted a national survey a few years ago in which he gave a poll to adults that if you could ask God one question, what would you ask? He asked thousands of people, church-going people across the United States, if you could ask God just one question, what would you ask? The very top response from that question was, why is there pain and suffering in the world? Or why, God, do you allow pain and suffering in the world? Now, in our new series that we're calling When Life is Hard, we're going to take a look at what God's Word says about how best to make sense out of suffering and hardships that you go through. A pastor was in his study one time and the phone rang and he answered the phone. And on the other end, a distraught sister in the church was just pouring our heart out and crying and very, very upset. And when she finally got her composure and the pastor uh, finally got where he could talk to her, the first thing she asked, she says, Pastor, does God hate me? If God hates you, he for sure wouldn't give Jesus Christ a bleed, suffer, and die on Calvary to take care of your sin." It's the devil who sits on your shoulder and whispers in your ear that God hates you or God don't care if you come or not to his house. Or God don't care whether or not you live for him or not. That is all a, true, uh, a trick of the enemy. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit today about the truth about trials. And I'm just kind of slowing down. Uh, I'm I'm doing some of my preaching today, but I feel very strongly and anointed with this message today, amen, that we're talking about. Because as a pastor, amen, I have an obligation to try to undergird people, to help you, to try my best to see you make it all the way, not quit dead center. God has got you here for a purpose. A reason. You didn't choose him.
1: He chose you.
0: You didn't choose to repent. He called you. He dealt with
1: your heart. You felt a conviction by the Holy Spirit knocking at your door. Amen. Drawing you unto him.
0: Hallelujah. Now, as I lay a foundation of this study, I want to to settle on a definition. I want to make sure we're all on the same page this morning. The word trial means to be under the thumb of pressure. That's what the word trial means. To be under the thumb of pressure. Many of you know from experience what it feels like. Hallelujah. I've been there. I've been there. And many of you know what I'm talking about when it feels like you're just under somebody's thumb that's pressuring you. Some of you are going through some unrelenting pressure right now that keeps you awake at night. And makes you feel wiped out during the day. I'm already preaching to somebody. I don't have to be going 90 miles an hour and shouting to be preaching. Hello? Glory to God. I said, there are some people right here today, because God's done told me. I prayed and I saw God, I said... God, I don't know who's going to show up today, but you know everybody's going to be here. And God, you give me what you want to tell them. And this is what God has told me to tell you, that there are people in this
1: assembly right now who's been through so much unrelenting pressure. Amen. You've been staying awake at not because of it. And during the daytime, you feel wiped out. Amen. And don't have no energy at all. Can somebody say, Amen?
0: In the New Testament, the word trial means to prove by testing. In other words, a trial demonstrates the genuineness of your faith. Now, I'm already beginning to answer one question Why does God allow His people? Why? To- Why do bad things happen to good people? Why does God allow trials? Well, the New Testament lets us know that when trials come our way, we are being proved by testing. In other words, a trial demonstrates the genuineness of your faith in Christ And refines the quality of your spiritual life. Now that's a mouthful right there. Hallelujah. You see, there's a whole lot of people got a whole
1: lot of talk. But we got more people today in the church world that does more doing the talk than doing the walk. So when I say I'm a child of God and I love Him more
0: than anything... God says, all right, I'm going to put you under my thumb of pressure and I'm going to see how genuine that really is. Mm. God says, if you really love me, you're going to love me in the valley as well as on the mountaintop. You're going to love me in the rain as well as the sunshine. You're going to love me, Lord God.
1: When you're a child of God, you are still a child of God no matter how much garbage is going on in your life. Oh, hallelujah! Yeah, I got to numbers, tell you. Glory. Woo! And hey, let me tell you something.
0: But it's proved to my father that I love him no matter what I'm going through. That I still love him even when I'm stuck on the side of the interstate with a blown out tire and a pouring down rain. I can say praise God anyhow. It demonstrates the genuineness of your faith. Now in the and text... In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, it said the trial of your faith being more precious than gold. I want to read that again in the New King James Version. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 6 and 7. Look at that. The New King James says that the genuineness of your faith. Now in the original that we started out with, it used the word trial. But in the New King James it says that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Je- the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's His second coming, folks. If you want to know what that is, Hallelujah! Every one of us is going to be tried. Every one of us is going to be tested. I'm sorry. I don't care how long you've been in the church. You may have been baptized in the creek 47 times. You may be stuck on the water enough that every tadpole in the creek knows your name. But let me tell you something. God ain't going to take your word for nothing. God says I ain't taking your word on nothing there's a scripture in the Bible that says that Jesus he did not trust any man because he knew what was in man wake up and smell the coffee percolating what that means is the more I seek to get closer to God the more revelation of His Word that I want, I want to receive, the more power, the more anointing that I want demonstrated through my life. God says, "Okay, get under that thumb again. Let me see, Amen. If you got enough to take a little more, bless the quietness, but it's the truth anyhow." There was a man by the name, uh, 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 a minister by the name of James, James, excuse me, McDonald. And he gave a definition of a trial, amen, that that I, I really love his definition of it. This is what James McDonald says. A trial is a painful circumstance allowed by God to change my conduct and my character. unlike what a lot of people says or thinks, I'm not finished. I've just started. I've just laid a foundation and the rest of my life on this earth is going to be one process or another, one step at a time, amen, till Christ is totally formed in me. Hallelujah. I get up and left church every night, and God says, okay, you got the Holy Ghost. Now it's time for me to start dealing with your conduct and your character. Mm. And I'm going to tell you, that ain't been too nice. It ain't been too lovely. So a trial, according to Brother McDonald, is a painful circumstance allowed by God to change my conduct and my character. In other words, until God thinks your conduct every day in your life is good enough, you're going to still have trials.
1: Woo. Until God says your character
0: meets my standards, you're going to have trials. Hey, I, I realize, I know because I've been told enough, I, I'm, I'm a fairly tight preacher, but man, I'm going to tell you what, that oh, man, that does something to me. Hallelujah. I like this definition about this because it shows that God is always interested in working out His glory and my ultimate good, no matter what kind of garbage I'm going through. <laughs> Hallelujah. Trials are all about God adjusting my conduct. What what I mean when I say my conduct? My conduct is what I do. Amen. That's what my conduct is, my actions. I'm out there nailing two two-by-fours together, and I missed the nail and hit, hit my thumb, and I blurt out a nice pretty little three or four letter word, God says, okay, you're going to have to have more trials because your conduct ain't quite right. Well, nice oh Hello. Hey, now I'm going to get it really tight now. That also goes with second-hand swearing and cussing. Some people think it's all right. They go tell somebody, you know, so-and-so said this. Well, guess what? If you come out with the word, you said it too. You're on the same level as they are. See, the problem is you ain't got no business telling somebody else what somebody else said anyway. That's spreading gossip.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get out of Facebook and in his book. You don't like what Brother Sammy's preaching today? Don't put it on Facebook tomorrow. Come and talk to Brother Sammy about it.
0: Amen. My lord, I don't know why so many people think they gotta put their whole life in there at their whole laundry on Facebook for the whole world to see. That don't make good sense. So my conduct is what I do. My character is who I am when nobody's around. Lord. Hallelujah. So the trials that we go through are painful circumstances that God allow God allows. Now see what let me, let me explain something. God has never done nothing bad in your life. God has never struck you with a sickness. God has never done this. But what he does, if you remember the story of Job, God sometimes will remove a little bit of the hedge that he's got around you and give the devil permission to work on you a little bit because he knows your character is not quite up to par or he knows your conduct is not quite up to par. Let me hear just one person say, Brother Pritch, you're preaching it. Thank you. Hallelujah. Listen to me. The storms of life can come fast and furious, or they can stretch over months, years, and even decades. Sometimes a trial is just real quick. You have it, you get over it, and you move on. But sometimes they linger. And they stretch out for months and years and decades. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. Trials can be tiny and irritating, like a little pebble in your shoe. Mm. Oh, that's smart. Pull your shoe off and shake it out. Put your shoe back on, go on. So sometimes trials can be tiny and irritating, or they can be titanic and impossible almost to endure. Trials can evolve the physical. It can evolve, uh, involve the relational with your family and your friends. It can involve financial things, emotional things, and circumstantial things. Hallelujah. So trials could just...
1: Wrap up everything that we have in life. Nothing, nothing is free from a trial hitting you.
0: Any part of your life. It can be relational. The devil knows how to get in our relationship. Sometimes, sometimes they're because you're trying to have relations with God with somebody. God has never meant you to have relations to in the first place. Hallelujah. God. My, my mother used to say, "Better be careful, Sammy." I mean, I just, just came forward putting a diamond in the dollar on making it all Holy Ghost today, listen to me right now. I'm not going to hold you too much longer. Please listen to me. The storms of life can come fast and furious, as I said, or they can be titanic. Trials involve all these things in our life. There are several biblical terms that are used interchangeably when I'm talking about trials. Suffering, hardship, Tribulation, chastening, and discipline. Sometimes our trials that we do is God chastising us. Sometimes He is disciplining us to cause us to line up. Hallelujah to Him. Glory to God. It reminds me of the guy who said that he doesn't mind obstacles. Well, I don't mind obstacles along the way as long as they don't get in my way. <laughs> well, what do you think an obstacle is? <laughs> Glory to God. But trials and obstacles, they're common to every child of God. Now, I'm going to end this segment and this part of when life is hard and right now, we're laying, we're laying the foundation about understanding what trials are. I'm going to end this part by talking about the way we enter the kingdom. Hallelujah. The way that we entered the kingdom. Anybody, anybody remember a guy? You might not want to say you do because it's going to tell on your age. But anybody remember a guy? playing a little ukulele by the name of Tiny Tim. Well, because we get in the house of God and we get to doing the Holy Ghost boogaloo and we get to be feeling real good and everything, sometimes we think we're just going to tiptoe through the Be careful, those tulips you tiptoeing through is going to turn in the gravel there now and then. Acts chapter 14, verses 19 through 24. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul. Now, I'm talking about hardships Apostle Paul he was a man of God wasn't he? yeah he wrote two thirds of a new testament this man had enough of the anointing in his life that he raised the dead and here Paul got stoned Threw him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. They thought they had done rid themselves of this man named Paul. Threw him outside on the roadside. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and, having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Go ahead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood around about him, He rose up. By the way, this right here, stoned, but the whole purpose of stoning, he wanted to call them up in the heaven and show them some things. You know why Paul was so eager
1: later on when they had a soldier on one side and a soldier on the other side lead him to the chop his history says he broke away from the soldiers and he ran Knew what was waiting for him. He knew to be out of the body's spirit, present with the Lord. He said, Oh, give me a good quick chop, chop man. Get that head off.
0: I want to go back to heaven. I've been there once. I want to stay this time. He rose up, came to the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derby, And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that. Notice what's highlighted there we must through much what? Tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. We must, not might, not maybe, not some of us. We, meaning the whole body of Christ, must through much tribulation Enter into the kingdom of God. That's what I'm talking about when I say the way we enter the kingdom. Hallelujah. Church, we're not going to glide on in. There's a verse of scripture in the Bible that's always been a source of upset to me. I think about it from time to time. I open up the Bible and I read it from time to time. Because it makes me wonder. It makes me, it makes me take self-inventory. That scripture is, says that if the righteous... Somebody know the rest of it? If the righteous barely make it into heaven, where shall the ungodly and the sinner be? If the righteous, oh, scarcely is the word it says. If the righteous scarcely be saved. Sometimes I have to look at myself, Brother Scott, and, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable in calling myself righteous. I'm not, I'm not comfortable in calling myself. I know what, what any kind of righteousness I got at all. It's not mine. It's His that He's put upon me. But the Bible says, if the righteous scarcely are saved, the righteous is just, they're not going to tiptoe through the tulips. They're not going to slide by there. The righteous scarcely are saved. Where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? The way we enter the kingdom... We must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. Here's the facts. I've been in church all my life, but my flesh still gives God a hard way to go. Sammy Pruitt still gives God a hard way to go. Sometimes Sammy Pruitt don't want to listen to everything God says. Sometimes Sammy Pruitt don't want to do everything just like what God... I say, well, God, you know i got a better way. Yeah, and God said, "If you, if y'all, if it wasn't for y'all doing all them better ways, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have spent thirty five thousand dollars. I already had this place prepared for you. Hello, glory to God. Quit wasting you and God's time, both trying to give God a better answer, a better solution. He's
1: God. He created everything. Don't you think His
0: solution's the best way?" Hallelujah. So I'm under trials. I'm under tribulation. Until the day comes that I can fully submit this flesh to the will of God. Bless God. There's certain things I enjoy doing. I'm going to keep doing it. There's certain things I enjoy wearing. wearing. I don't care what the
1: preacher says. I don't care what that one
0: says. Well, you better care what God says, sweetheart. Hallelujah. Man, don't be deceived by that whole wide world out there that calls himself churchy and Christian. Hallelujah. We went out there to that sounds game. They had, they had that concert last night, and I just took the time as the concert was gone, looking around, seeing, amen, the crowd of the people out there, amen, clapping their hands and jumping up and down and supposedly... Praising God. Hallelujah. Some of them women out there, Lord to God, I've seen I've seen women walking up and down Dickens' Road, had more clothes on, and they out there in a gospel concert thinking they're praising God. God's closing his eyes on you, sweetheart. He don't want to see you nakedness.
1: Hello, somebody. Oh yeah! Yeah, we still preach holiness around here.
0: I like that anointing I hear when you preach, Brother Pruitt. I like the anointing that we feel in your service at Christ Family Church and the power of God. I'm going to tell you something. Glory. Hallelujah. One reason why we have that is because we do the best we do to keep the place sanctified by the power of
1: God and the follow of God's will. Hallelujah. Somebody said, but they do it over that church, over that church. I don't care what they do. No one the Holy Ghost and the anointing to be in this place so we're going to make this place the way God feels at home
0: Until we yield we yield ourselves unto what all God's trying to line us up, our conduct and our character, we still gonna have troubles. We still gonna have tribulation, suffering, heartache. Y'all get a course ready, I'm fixing the clothes. Listen to me, church. I finish with these words. I'm, I'm preaching a series about when life is hard. And we're talking today about understanding trials. I'm trying the best that I can by the grace of God to show you how, how, what you can do, some changes you can make in your life. That toward your life will not be as hard. That's right. If you're looking for a cruise ship sailing you up to heaven, you boarded the wrong ship. I said, if you are looking for a cruise ship to sail you right up to heaven, You've boarded the wrong ship. The old ship of Zion has sails ragged and torn. The old ship of Zion, it's been tossed and battered from stern to bow on the sea of life. But she's the only vessel that can take you to glory. ship of zion is the only ship that can weather the storm all others will eventually flounder and go under get on the ship allow the storms of life to blow off the old sinful ways which hinders your entrance to the city Yield to God's refining process in your life. The trials only come
1: to make you strong. Stand everybody in Jesus' name. Somebody
0: come to these altars.
1: i